Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. Alrighty, and we are back. Another episode, another week of the Amiibros podcast. I am the host of this week's podcast, Damon, along with my wonderful two brothers, uh, Jared and Jeremy. Uh, fellas, how are we feeling this afternoon? We feeling good? I know one of us is feeling good, other than myself. I don't think Jeremy's feeling too well. He's a little under the weather, but fellas, how, what, what's going on with you, with you fellas? We, we good? Man, I'm feeling good. I got uh, the weight of the world on my shoulders. By that, I mean, I got all this money to win from all these bets. And, you know, I didn't take my own advice. You know, this weekend, I could have had a monstrous weekend. We'll get into my picks later. I just let my picks slide and basically just, it was like, oh, no, I don't need to bet them this weekend. And then just, just ravish. So, I mean, the way of the world. You didn't trust your intuition about your own picks. You know what? You you sometimes yourself. Sometimes I have that, that, that Ben Simmons with a three pointer. I, in practice, I hit it all the time. But, you know, in the game, sometimes I just don't shoot it. Well, I, I will say this. You guys have been, uh, been winning money every week so you know for you to kind of doubt yourself this past week it you know it's gonna it's gonna give you more fire to to, to trust yourself next week in the picks but uh yes, right along, Jared, you feeling all right man everything's good other than your picks uh other than you're not trusting yourself Is man i'm feeling good man i'm feeling i'm feeling sure? like a, a trillion bucks you know i'm feeling like um yeah man i mean life's great you know everything's good man i can't i can't complain i can't complain all right well let's uh let's let's uh move along to uh, the other Martin brother, Jeremy, flu man. How you feeling, man? Are you gonna pull a a Jordan flu game for us tonight on this pod? Yes, I ha- have the flu. <laughs> I am doing some flu flu like uh, performances like Jordan. I already pulled one off earlier today against Jared and FIFA, beating him in four games by combined eighteen to zero. Uh, but we will continue on. It's been a pretty good week for me overall. Let's not mention that Jeremy got the game. Saturday. Jeremy got the game early. I just got it for the first time. Saturday. I haven't played FIFA in like three years. Yeah, the first thing he told me is that he beat you by like eighteen goals in FIFA. Yeah. I I literally hopped on the like beginner level and lost yeah, by like just, a gazillion. Just take your L. Yeah. It's okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying I, I hopped on the beginner level and was down five zero to the guy on the beginner level first first game. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't take that as a huge accomplishment. I suck at that game right okay. now. Yeah. Speaking of flu game, we gotta we gotta get into this one day, but. Um, I've I've heard I've heard different things about this this alleged flu game. I heard that Jordan just had a hangover. And he's feeling like shit, but that's just hearsay. Hearsay, and uh, I don't know if that's true or not. But the legend, the legend I heard he ate, he ate some pizza that randomly got delivered to his hotel room without asking. A lot, yeah. I think it needs to be like a thirty thirty around the flu game. Yeah, because I I definitely tune in. But uh, yeah, we got a we got a fun fun show tonight. A lot of a lot of good topics to talk about. So let's get right into it. Um, let's start in the NFL. Uh, the Cowboys and Eagles for the division. Both are, in my opinion, very mediocre teams, but it's going to be good, uh, in my opinion, good good drama um, for, for these teams to be playing each other. Let's start with Jeremy. Who you got in this game this week? Um, who I have, for all reasons, the Cowboys should win this game. The Cowboys are much more talented. If I had to bet money on either team, I would bet the Cowboys. Because they're by far a superior team than what's left over with the Eagles. The Eagles have beat up offensive line. 
uh, a defense that is absolutely god-awful. Their secondary is not good enough to guard the average high school football team. Um, They made Dwayne Haskins look like a superstar last week. They made uh, Eli look good. They made Ryan Fitzpatrick look good two weeks ago. I mean, it's it's pathetic. Uh, And their receiving core is filled with, like, three tight ends and one wide receiver that's active. So for all those reasons, the Cowboys should win. But I think that's why the Cowboys will lose. I just don't trust them. Like, everybody's – here's the thing. So they won last week. Congratulations. You beat the Rams. And everybody's like, oh, man, that's the team nobody wants to play now. There are two teams in the NFL who are 7-7 and that have one win over a team over 500. That happens to be the Rams for both of them. Uh, Their quarterbacks are both top two in the league in passing yards. Um. And the other one, no one would ever say has any kind of chance of doing anything in the playoffs because they obviously won't make it. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At the end of the day, that's what the Cowboys are. They're the Buccaneers playing in a sorrier division, and I just don't believe in them. I think uh, they're going to probably lose this week. If not, they'll get in the playoffs and lose by 70. Uh, they're not a very good football team. Um, they did beat the Rams, but the Rams have a tendency to not show up at times. So, um I don't expect that to continue. I think on the road in Philadelphia, that crowd's going to get into it. It's going to be a closer game. And the way Carson's been playing the last couple weeks, I think he's going to make something special happen at the end of the game. All right, Jerry, what do do you think about this matchup? Cowboys versus the Eagles. So, Jeremy, I knew when you said both teams were 7-7, and I was like, he's going to the Buccaneers. I I can tell. I I just know. At at this point, you know, I don't know. Call it uh, intuition. Call it a uh, twin. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the term um, telekinesis or whatever that is. But hey, it is what it is. I will say this: if I was putting my money on somebody, I would clearly put my money on the Cowboys. There's there's a few reasons why. Um, first and foremost, the Eagles have nobody at receiver. They're literally throwing, and I feel happy for this guy. But Greg Ward is. Uh, is their, their leading receiver right now. Greg Ward was the starting quarterback for the Houston Cougars when they beat Florida State a couple years ago in the Peach Bowl. Um, he is a very good athlete, apparently played a little bit of receiver at um, Houston, but he's your number one receiver. He was in the AAF a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago. He was playing the AAF on the random Saturday night games. So if you're looking at a team that, you know, hey, could this team go all the way? Could this team win it all? <sighs> I'm not putting my money. Uh, and when I say when I mean just the, the AFC or the NFC East, I'm not putting any money on them. I mean, I just don't see I don't see enough enough there. And I think when you look at it, it's going to boil down to can you at the end of the day get a stop versus the Cowboys offense and can your offense generate points? And the biggest problem is they always struggle with stopping the run. They always struggle with Ezekiel Elliott. And so then when you look at it, you're like, all right. They can't stop the run. They finally, the Cowboys finally ran the ball last week, which would lend to the thought that maybe they're smart enough to where they're actually going to just, you know, I don't know, run the ball like they should have been doing all year. Um, and at the end of the day, if they, if they can do that, the Cowboys run the ball. I don't, I, I just don't see a path to victory there. I just don't see like, a, hey, this is what they do and they get a win. I see a lot of, well, you know, if this happened and, you know, Carson Wentz can pull a rabbit out of a hat and everything kind of goes the way. We hope it goes. Then they can get one. But at the end of the day, I don't trust that's going to happen. I'm going to put my money on the Cowboys to get a dub. And then 
Skip Bayless and all the Cowboy fans in, in the nation, especially the ones on my timeline, will be telling me about how great the Cowboys are and how Dak's a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah, uh, I think Dak has a lot to to prove in the net in the last, I would say, last fourth of the season season because he has a contract um, coming up or cap because this is contract season, right? So he he needs to be playing for his money. And I don't think uh, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I don't think Jerry's gonna be be willing to to, to stroke that check like he would have if uh, he was playing a little better. But uh, I um, agree with that. Let's move right along. Let's, let's... Here's the thing about Dak. Why you disagree so, with that? So Deshaun's about to get paid, right? Patrick Mahomes is about to get yeah. paid. Um, so at the end of the yep. day, what's going to happen is if you franchise him, he's going to get top five money, and it's going to be based on also Mahomes and Deshaun. They're going to pay him forty million dollars, basically almost a year, or thirty-five million, just to franchise tag him. So, best for one year though. Yeah, but I mean, where are you going with this? Like, you're going to have to give him his contract because it's it's one of those things of if you don't sign him, somebody else will. And who's your better option? I honestly, I, I like Dak. I think Dak's a good quarterback. But like, I'm not paying Dak. Dak wants like 35 million allegedly. I'm not paying Dak 35 million. He's like, get it. for for what? I'll let somebody else give it. The, the Redskins did the same thing. And yes, the Redskins suck. But if you're the Redskins and you could redo it, would you give Kirk Cousins the 30 million he was asking? Yes. I wouldn't. Like at the end of the day, I I wouldn't. I just I can't. I can't – I never tell somebody, hey, look, you know, I, the worst thing you can do – and, you know, guys, I, I teach you guys some gambling on the uh, on the podcast. The last thing I would tell you guys to do, and the thing that, that would be the worst for you to ever do, is to get down gambling and be like, I'm going to get all this money back right now. Oh, I would that's tell you guys, the worst thing to do? It is the absolute worst thing to do. You I will do tell you this. quite often, Jared. I've done it before. I, I try it to before. avoid it. I've done it before. I try to avoid it. I'm going to tell you guys uh, – when this happened, uh, most recently, I was a couple years ago. I was living in Pittsburgh, and I had a six-team parlay. It was the first weekend of college football season. I had this thing because my college football picks are just money. I mean, I, I was high as fish grease even at that point. And um, I, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead with these picks. Go with a six-team parlay, and the first five hit. The last game was UCLA versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M was last year that that someone was there. UCLA had Josh Rosen. I'm not sure if you guys remember the game. Texas A&M was up 35 points with about 15 minutes to go in the game. And after that, literally, they give up 42 unanswered points to blow not only the game. Because I, I had a money line. I just needed them to win. And they, they lost the game. And I was supposed to win a few thousand dollars off that game. And I was so angry. And I was like, you know what? And I, I was already at the blackjack table at Rivers Casino. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get all that money back now. I'm going to, I'm going to win this money back. I'm going to take this 1500. I've already won and I'm going to go win the extra thousand dollars, a few thousand dollars. I was going to win off the bet. You know what I did? Gave all 1500 that I already won, already taken out, put it in my pocket, already went and gotten a stake at the casino. All that stuff was already gone. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you have. You just have a, a chance to, you know, to make bad bets. And going back to that, I think that's a bad bet to bet that Dak Prescott, who right now is throwing a ton of interceptions, who's proven that he's, he's only won one game in his career where Ezekiel Elliott hadn't had, you know, I think where Ezekiel Elliott hadn't had like a hundred yards rushing or something. Um, like they're, they're literally, they're, they only win games whenever everything is right. When Dak Prescott is there, 
when Tyron Smith is there and their offensive line looks great. Like, you can't build a team around a guy who can only win when everything's right. And, you know, the, the, uh, there's the, the song, you know, uh, by, by New Edition, you know, Sunny Days. Everybody loves them. But tell me, can you stand <laughs> the, the rain? rain. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes okay. it's going to rain. And speaking of that, Dak's middle name is Rain. Sometimes it <laughs> rains. But can you stand it? And that's the thing. I don't think Dak can stand the rain. So Johnny oh, Gill is going to end up. You, you pod now. You know, now Johnny Gill's on, 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 the, on the vocals, hitting, hitting the high notes that ain't nobody ever heard of. That's what's happening, and all the Cowboy fans are hitting that note because Dak Prescott can't stand the rain. All, all, all oh I know is gosh. this. If you franchise your quarterback, he's going to sign that tender two days before the season starts. And if you want to have any chance of not ruining your entire season, you probably want to make sure you get that quarterback in the camp. Yeah, I do agree that agree with that. You don't want you don't want your quarterback not totally bought in going into week one. Uh, I'm not saying that's what you want, but I'm just saying I would do that before I pay Dak Prescott thirty five million dollars a year. But here's the thing: it's not much more out there that you can get, Jared. Like you kind of you kind of back the wall if you're the Cowboys. Like who are you gonna go get? No, I would. You know what I'd do? I'd sign Teddy Bridgewater. I'd be like, you Hey Teddy, I'll Teddy, give you twenty million a well, year. You do realize Teddy's gonna get thirty? You do realize Teddy's, Teddy's not, not better than Teddy's Dak. Gonna, Teddy's going to get 30. But they're basically the same. Right right now, they've, they've Jeremy, been, they're, Teddy's not getting 30. They've, they've been some, some speculation. So you're trying to tell me Teddy Bridgewater's going to get 30 as a backup quarterback for New Orleans Saints? No, no. There's some, they're, they're saying he's going to leave. The speculation is there, there's some executives that, that anticipate he's going to get between 25 and $30 million a year for next year. And be a starter for for who next year? I don't know. Yeah, who's giving him thirty million dollars? Probably the I, Bears. Listen, I, I just I, don't see it. Teddy. I, Teddy what thirty? No, Teddy's twenty five. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater still really young. Yeah, he, I know he, he was he, that young. That's the thing. The people were thinking, he's twenty six. I think he came. He think came into the league at twenty. People still think he's like old. You know, he's only three months older than the Carson Wentz. He's only, he's only I think six weeks older than Dak. No, or is, I think six weeks older than Dak. So, like at the end of the day. I'm not telling you, and Teddy's not getting 30. I think Teddy, Teddy might probably might get 25, but like Teddy's not getting much more than what Carson once got, which was the Carson got four years, 88 million. Not Carson, I'm sorry, um, Nick Foles. He got four years, 88 million, which was 22 million a year, and that was coming off of winning a Super Bowl. I don't think Teddy gets much more than that. Um, so I, I, I would take him on a four year, 88 million dollar deal. I trade for Nick Foles. Hey, he's already winning my division, he's already won a Super Bowl. I'll trade for that contract and paying Dak $35 million because you know what? Not only do I have to pay Dak, but now I have to lose Byron Jones. Now I have to lose maybe Vander Esch. Maybe I have to lose one of my offensive linemen. I have to, you know, my, my receivers. I still got Amari I got to sign. I, there's just too much that I have to do to put around him for me to pay him $35 million. That's just That's just the bottom line. All right, we're talking a little bit too much about Dak. I mean, Dak is not like he's a Lamar Jackson. And speaking of Lamar Jackson, that's what you call uh, segue in the industry. Yes, it's a segue. That's how it's done. That's how it's done, boys. Uh, as I stutter. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson. Uh, funny, you know. Shout out to to Joe Burrow. He won the Heisman this past weekend. Joe Burrow is actually older than Lamar Jackson. I thought that was pretty funny. Lamar Jackson is overwhelmingly about to win the MVP. But uh, he had a great, a great, uh, a great game this past Thursday. Um, it just seems like you know guys have time to to try to. Uh, uh, if you want to call it, coordinate against him, coach against him, and they just can't do it. And these are some of the best football minds in the world, and he just has his way every week. But uh, so let's just talk about uh, is 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 Lamar Jackson uh, is he having the best season as a single player 
in the history of the NFL. Let's start with you, Jared, this time. I actually think you, he can legitimately make an argument. Um, do I think he's you – know, I've heard some people say he's playing the position better than anyone's ever played the position. I'm, I'm not going there. Like, they were saying the same thing about Pat Mahomes last year. Like, I think you're, you're overselling it. But I, I do think he's doing something that nobody's ever done, which is he's got a team that believes in him, and he's putting up – he's going to be top 10 in the league in rushing – Right now, he's, he's leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's completing 66% of his passes. They're the highest-scoring offense in the NFL, and he's doing it without a real number-one receiver. I mean, Hollywood Brown's good, but he's a rookie. Um, obviously, you got you got Willie Sneed, who's not a number-one receiver. They're not even really throwing the ball to the receivers um, down the field. So um, do I think this is going to last long-term with him being able to put up you – know, he's averaging last – I think they said last seven games, he's got 20 touchdowns to one pick. Like, do I think that's going to last – no, I think that's somewhat of a – they're going to have to figure him out. Um, and I think the same way – I would compare the season – I think he's playing better than he was, but I would compare the season to Cam's season uh, when they went to the Super Bowl where they kind of got on a run. Nobody really knew how to stop them. Their offense wasn't really predicated on throwing the ball to the receivers. They mostly threw the ball to the tight end. Um, and they had a um, they had an ability to be able to, um, you know, just just play great defense and to keep play play ball control. Um, but that's, that's really what it was. I mean, I think that's kind of what, what's going on right now with the, the Ravens. And at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a situation where I don't think it's going to continue down the road where they're going to be able to just keep mauling people. But I do think it's going to be something to where, you know, right now you can look at it and say, Lamar Jackson, if he gets the, and Kurt Warner said, if he gets the 35, 40 touchdowns, you can, you can make an argument versus any other season. He's at the best. I think, I think that's a realistic uh, conversation to have at this point, which I didn't ever think we'd be having with Lamar Jackson this season? I think you'd have to say it's definitely on par with anything anyone's ever done. I mean, it's it's special. And not only is it special because of the effectiveness and the poise he has, the elusiveness running, uh, the smarts to throw the ball in the right situation, not put the ball in danger, but also just because of the I don't know, must-see TV factor. Like, literally, Lamar is – I heard somebody describe it this way, and I I would say this is a great um, description. Lamar is good enough that he makes you tap people watching him play. Like, did you just see that? Like, where you're literally like, I have to hit somebody even if I don't even know who it is because he's, like, running by somebody and spins around and shoots two people out of their shoes and makes a linebacker look like he's unathletic. Like, the stuff that Lamar is actually doing is not supposed to be done against professional athletes. It's actually not even supposed to be done against high school athletes, uh, at least not high school athletes to go to a school that is known for athletics. So um, when you make the best athletes in the world look unathletic because you're that much more athletic than them, then you know you're special. So um, shout-out to Lamar. Shout-out to the Ravens, John Harbaugh, who – who took a chance on him in the draft or, or also uh, Ozzie Newsom who brought him in, ran that system. Um, I think they've been trying to get to that system for a while. Uh, I know a lot of people brought up, um, have been talking about Kaepernick over the last few years. Remember like two years ago, they wanted to bring Kaepernick in and he, his girlfriend posted the Django thing. Maybe this could have been Kaepernick running the system in, in, uh, in uh, Baltimore. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all time great. 
Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to do for the rest of the season. I, I don't think it's uh, comparable to to Cam. I think he has a lot more in his bag of tricks than Cam, to be honest with you. And, I, you know, I love Cam. He's my quarterback. But um, we'll I don't see know what, about that, we'll, though. We'll see I, what I, happens. I mean, I think Cam had the ability Cam didn't to dominate like like Lamar. He didn't. He didn't. But Cam had the ability to physically punish you as a running back. Like he he was like Lamar uh, will break the spirit. But it has, it has nothing to do with trying to physically punish you. Like Cam, but, but what he, I'm he saying wasn't is this. physically punishing people. He was just picking up third and threes, third and fours every time. Lamar is going for 30 yard trots. And <laughs> but that, that's the difference, shoes. though. But now now with Lamar. My my concern with them is going to be this. During the streak, they haven't trailed really at all. And the question is, what happens when you play the Chiefs and Mahomes gets a – maybe you get one stop once and you're down 14-0. And now all that running that you do, it's, it looks great early on. But if you look at his passing touchdowns, he's not getting – it's not like they're, they're he's throwing the ball a ton. He's, he's averaging probably somewhere between 17 to 20 pass attempts a game. He's just every time he gets to the red zone, he doesn't make mistakes. And so the question is, is this something that he can do, you know, for, you know, the the, the long term? And and Kim, I thought he just kept the ball away from you so long that literally your your defense was tired and then your offense got out of rhythm. And I, I think obviously I, I think he's got a lot. He's, he's, a, he's a more talented quarterback, but I think people forget how good Cam was that season. And, uh, you know, they, they look at it as Cam has been recently. Yeah, Jared, I, I would have to say Cam that season, nobody was saying he's revolutionizing the quarterback position. People were. People forget, Jeremy. The next season, Cam Cam on the player rankings was the number one player in the NFL. I, I get that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not saying Cam wasn't great, but he wasn't doing this. This is like... Bo Jackson playing baseball, like, hey, I have to watch this person because they like he's really Bo Jackson in the NFL right now. Like, there's gonna be a thirty for thirty. You're gonna be like, oh man, do you remember all those crazy runs Lamar did? Like, that's what he's doing right now, and we're just happen to be in the midst of it. So, enjoy it. All right, fellas. So let's switch into some uh, NBA, a little bit of NBA talk. Uh, KG coming out of the woodwork and uh, taking some shots at uh, Jared's boy LeBron. Uh, he basically said that when uh, him and Paul Pierce, Rondo, the whole crew was out in Boston for the Celtics, that they ran uh, LeBron out of uh, Cleveland down to Miami, which I don't totally disagree with. But uh, let's let Jeremy uh, talk about this. And I know Jared's going to speak passionately about this topic. But, uh, Jeremy, go ahead and uh, let me know what you think about this, KG, uh, taking shots at LeBron. I am shocked by this. I am absolutely shocked. And appalled. Yeah, well, no. Um, the reason I'm shocked <laughs> is because it's something that I've been saying for years, and now finally, one of the main culprits came in to give that exact point. Here's my thing. So, I don't see why people said, "Oh man, KG ran to the Warriors because they couldn't beat LeBron," and nobody came to the conclusion that LeBron ran to the Heat because he couldn't beat the Celtics. I mean, at the end of the day. You got to be consistent on something. There's, there's, there's something that, that to me has always been my biggest pet peeve with LeBron fans. When LeBron wins, it's all LeBron. When he loses, it's because he doesn't have enough help. If you look back to those Cavaliers teams, they won 66 games. The next year, they added Shaq and Anton Jameson, and they won 61 games. 
And the narrative was always, they didn't have enough help to win a title. At a certain point, if you win a certain amount of games, you have to have enough talent in order to win a title. If not, then don't tell me that KG, uh, the KD joined a 73-win team. Because it doesn't matter, obviously. It has nothing to do with how much talent you have. Because at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. What I heard KG say is the truth. LeBron, I don't know if it was mainly just the Celtics. LeBron got tired of losing. And LeBron won an easy ring um, because he understood he's not going to get the credit he deserved until he got to a team and won a title. So he tried to pick the easiest situation possible. He went to Miami with two other superstars. And I think the first year he got a taste of, hey, it's not as easy as it looks, even with all these superstars on the team. So the reason why LeBron didn't win his last couple years in Cleveland is the exact same reason he didn't he didn't win in in 2011 uh he, he wasn't ready mentally i called him dwight howard and carmelo anthony the smiling superstars back at the time i said he played around way too much with the fake picture taking and all that stuff that they were doing on the sidelines um and i said to come back to bite him in the playoffs jared said it was nonsense later on he stopped doing all that stuff because he probably figured out it was nonsense so um kg's as real as they come I pretty much agree with his statement wholeheartedly. Um, LeBron wanted an easier way to win a title, and that's what he did. The The one thing I think is is crazy, though, is is he did exactly what KG, uh, KD did, but no one criticized him for it and actually gave him credit for winning those titles, as opposed to KD, where they go, oh, well, he got two fake titles. Um, it's, it's ironic, in my opinion, but... KG is right on the money. All right, so now that you got that silly point out of the way, let me just ravish how stupid this was. All right, first and foremost, KG, you had a lot of talent in Minnesota. You had Wally Zerbier, who was young, just came out. It was a lottery pick, went to the the All-Star game as a 24-year-old, I want to say. You had Latrell Sprewell, who was an All-Star. You had Sam Cassell, who, who was a very good player. And, you know, you were able to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but you know what happened? You played a team that had more talent than you did. You went into the war. You played the game versus the or a series versus Shaq and Kobe, and you realize, wait a second, we're a good team. We just don't have the kind of talent to be able to beat a team like that. And this is what happened with LeBron. Everybody tells him, "Oh yeah, LeBron won sixty six games that year." You know who also won over sixty games? The Atlanta Hawks three years ago. You know who their best player was Al Horford. How many people think that team was talented enough to win a title? LeBron was talented enough to win a title with a, a, a decent roster. What people forget is LeBron made the finals, and then what happened? Immediately, the Celtics put together the big three. LeBron had made the finals at 22 years old. The Celtics then put together that team. That team wasn't wasn't good. That, that team wasn't, oh, this is organically produced. And if somebody wanted to tell me, like, hey, look, this is what OKC did, or this is what other teams did, I'm fine. But don't, you can't, don't be that guy. You're not that guy because in reality, you're in the exact same situation. Let me tell you why you're in the exact same situation. KG, everybody for your entire career was comparing you to who? Tim Duncan, your contemporary from your era. And everybody was saying, but Tim Duncan keeps winning titles. Tim Duncan keeps winning titles in KG. And although the whole time I've been saying, I mean, I actually think KG's better than Tim Duncan. I mean, I don't think Tim Duncan, I mean, I think Tim Duncan is great, obviously, but I don't think he's better than KG is. But you know what? Tim Duncan was on a team that had Manager Nobly, Tony Parker, uh, 
David Robinson. Uh, I mean, they have plenty of people on the roster. So you you can make the argument, oh, he's just winning titles, or you can say he's on a better better organization with a better head coach. And that's the exact same thing was happening with LeBron with Kobe. And LeBron got tired of it. You know why he got tired of it? Because he kept looking around and saying, look, I have a roster where I'm good enough where I'm going to win us 55 games minimum every year. And I have a roster without me who's so bad the next season they're going to lose 26 straight games. And I'm going to be so good that I'm never going to get a lottery pick here. I'm never going to get another player around me that wants to come to Cleveland because I'm not sure any of you guys have been to Cleveland. Cleveland's awful. Um, sorry to any of our listeners in Cleveland. Hopefully you guys uh, pick up on the podcast. But Cleveland is terrible. Uh, and you're never never going to get a roster that's going to be complete enough to win a title unless you just keep getting lottery picks, which he wasn't going to be able to get because he was too talented. Then let's compare this thing to KD. And everybody, oh, you know, Jeremy, you're talking about, oh, this is the same thing as KD. You want to know the big difference between KD? One, LeBron didn't join the Celtics, who beat him the previous year. He didn't join the Magic. He didn't join the Lakers, who had won the title the previous year. You know, he joined He joined a team that won 45 games the previous year. And then after he joined that team, then he pairs up with a guy who was one of his best friends and Chris Bosh, who you can say is superstar. Chris Bosh was never a superstar. Chris Bosh was a good player. We don't call... Chris Bosh averaged 24 and 12 the season before he went to the Oh, yeah. Right now, Pascal Siakam's averaging similar as Pascal Siakam a superstar? No, he's an all-star. There's there's a big difference between being a superstar and an all-star. Pascal Siakam's never made an all-star game. Chris Bosh has made But Pascal Siakam's going to make the all-star game this year. And and he hadn't hadn't made seven all-star. He made seven in his career. He hadn't made seven up at that point because— no, he made eleven in his career. He made seven at that. No, he game. hadn't because he had only been that was they he went there after seven years, so he didn't make an All Star game his rookie season. He didn't make the All Star game until I think his third season there. He he made like four All Star games in that that town because he was doing after his like third season he was doing cowboy rodeo videos trying to get into the All Star game. But with that being said, I'm not telling you that that team wasn't talented, but that team wasn't. It was not close to that Warriors team. The Warriors team was so talented. That literally, they weren't having games with people. They weren't having series with people. Literally, I still think that Cavs team that they lost to, uh, that they beat in the first, uh, in the finals, was the best team LeBron was ever on, including the Miami Heat teams. I mean, I just don't think that's. I think it's a silly argument to make because when you base it on reality, is the Golden State Warriors they not not only had championship experience, not only had they beaten KD. Uh, they all also had the deepest bench in the league. Not only did they have, they had, they had Iggy, they had Sean Livingston, David West went and joined that team because he wanted to win a title. You had all, all the makers. The Heat had LeBron, Wade, Bosch, Haslam, and Mike Miller. That's the only five players they had that were, that you could actually play legitimate minutes. Uh, you had Mario Chalmers, who was a second round pick, who was in his second year. And then you had, Jerry you had Mike Bibby. Jerry, Mike Bibby was 38. Mike Bibby was not good. Jerry, you just told me Steve Nash was on the Lakers and Steve Nash was 30. But Steve Nash had just led the league in, or second in the league and assist at, thir- at, at 37. And Steve Nash was never pudgy and overweight like, like Mike Bibby was. You, there, you can't make an argument that Mike Bibby was good at that point. Mike Bibby had played for the Hawks, then the Knicks in that season before he got to the Heat. They started that season with Carlos Arroyo as a starting point guard. That team, and that team had no depth. Like it's just, we can't, we can't make the argument of, oh yeah, well, this team was the same when one team had four all stars on it. Plus Iggy, plus the deepest bench in the league, and the other team had three players. I mean, that, that's just a silly argument. All right, so, so so let's just go through. All right, so you guys had Dwayne Wade, Jerry Stackhouse, Mike Miller. Jerry, was Stackhouse Mama on that Glor. team? 
Yes, was he, he was. thirty? Zdrus uh, well, was was thirty six. Uh, Stackhouse had to be at least thirty six. Like they were just there were people. Stackhouse was in his fifteenth season, right? And he uh, played what three years in Carolina. So he turned in that season. He turned thirty six. Yep. Um, Zdrus Ilgowskis, Juwan Howard, Eddie House, Eric Dampier. You, uh, Udonis Haslam, Mario Chalmers, Chris, Chris Bosh, Mike Bibby, Carlos. Yeah, Royals, all those Williams. guys you just named. Please don't tell me you guys. All those guys were kids. like thirty-five years old or more. Jared, all those guys are not. Jeremy, look, look, go go through that list. Eric Dampier over thirty-five. Stackhouse over thirty-five. Jawan Howard over thirty-five. Zadrina Sebgasis over thirty-five. Like you, you just named literally like. Zadrina's is not. Remember Zadrina's last season? Zadrina's came in in ninety-six. That was 2010. That was his 12th season. Oh, no, he was in the draft with Kobe. That was his 12th season. Um, Look at how old was he? All right, yeah, he turned, he turned 35. Yeah, like there, everybody on that team was like ancient. Like we just can't just be like, oh yeah, well, like that team wasn't comparable to the Warriors team. Like. I, I, I I resent the thought. Man, just, you know, we can't like like we can't talk about how old the team was. And LeBron's like the same age as those guys right now. At the end of the day, LeBron joined a team that people said should go undefeated at the time because it had so much talent. And now after LeBron, like to be honest, the best thing LeBron did for his career was losing in 2011 because then people gave him credit for what he did in 2012, 2013, as opposed to had he actually just done what he was supposed to do. Nobody would have been like, oh, man, you should have been winning the title every single year. At the end of the day, he did what KD did, and KG's right. All right, fellas, definitely some uh, interesting takes from KG. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait to see what LeBron says about that. I'm sure he's going to respond. I, I'm sure he's not going to be able to help himself. But uh, let's talk about these picks last week. Uh, Jared went 4-1. Jared went 3-2. and two. Um, Jared... Uh, uh, what are you up for the for the weekend this season? I don't see that in, in pre pro. I see up eleven hundred. That's for the season. Jeremy's up two hundred. That's for the season. Uh, up eleven hundred for the season, and Jeremy's up two hundred for the season. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's talk about these picks, fellas. Uh, Who did you guys have last week? Let's start with Jeremy, since you uh you were uh not as good not as good as Jared, but let's let's go over your games, Jeremy. That that you uh start with Jeremy's life. on and what happened, and uh and let's talk about next week's picks. Um, on our podcast picks. I did not do as good as Jared in real life. I did much better. Um, just looking at the picture from last week, Jared definitely the the big difference was I bet the Titans. He bet the Texans. That's the difference. Um, the Titans look like pure garbage, and uh, that's actually good because we play them this week. Um, the other game I missed on the Rams. I thought that was going to be the easiest game of the week. They looked like some uh, hot doo doo. So that game also did not work out in my favor. Games I did win, um, I won with uh, the New Orleans Saints. That was an easy bet. Um, I bet on the the overall game. I bet on the halftime spread. Um, I bet the Drew Brees over three touchdown uh, over two touchdowns. You guys listened last week. I told you that, but at the end of the podcast, that's going to be an easy bet. Drew Brees is going to break the record. It's Monday Night Football. There's no way they don't let him get that record. So. If you didn't make that bet, shame on you. Um, but just quick side topic: I should have been up five hundred dollars. Um, 
the bet I missed on that game was I bet the over of 23. They have 17 points, and Drew Brees throws a touchdown pass. And no one in the history of football that's ever officiated would say that's pass interference. And they called the most egregious pass interference call on Traquan Smith. They settled for a field goal, wind up with 20 points, and I don't cover. I Like, it, it's pure garbage. Um, but I shall digress. Um, the other games I had, um, I bet on the Patriots covering, um, the Patriots covering eight and a half and they covered that easily. And, uh, the last game I had, what was the last game? As a matter of fact, I think I was, I think I said it was three, two and, or three and two. Now looking back at it, I was two, two and one. I forgot. Um, the one that I counted that I was going to, that I won very early on was Seattle. Um, and Jeremy, when we bet that line last week, it was five and a half. So you did. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Cool. Cause I was sitting there thinking back, like, I know I didn't win on my actual bet. I ended up with a push, but yeah, I, I felt like I'd won. Okay. Awesome. So that was my, uh, my three wins. I guess it's time to get into the big, the picks for this week. Um, so, one of the games that I think is going to be uh, a pretty simple bet, I, I would bet it before it goes up over the three. Uh, Saints minus two and a half at Titans. Um, I think they definitely cover that spread. I'll be 100% honest with you. There's not a lot of games I love this week. Um, Bills plus six and a half against the Patriots. I'm going to take that because I don't trust the Patriots. Although, if you get it at six and a half, pay for uh, to buy the points to bring, bump it up to seven. I never leave a bet at six and a half. That's just real life. Um, the next, the next game that I would bet seems like a pretty simple bet to make. Um, Steelers minus three at Jets. Um, I just don't trust the Jets, and I don't trust their offensive line. And I think the Steelers' defensive line is going to beat them up um, really, really bad. So that's another game. Um, the next game I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to say Panthers plus seven uh, at Colts. I think that's a um, a game the Panthers will cover. I really like Will Greer at Western uh, at West Virginia. Um, he's getting his first start, and I don't think the Colts are going to be able to recover from that beatdown they got last week. It's going to be um, I, I just don't I don't I don't think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. They already have uh, been eliminated from the playoffs. So, um, I mean, that game kind of is what it is. And then lastly, Chiefs minus six at Bears. I just don't trust the Bears. Sorry. And that's it. You just gonna end it like that? You don't trust the Bears. I don't trust the Bears. The you line that the line you that don't I'm the trust most Trubisky? Not at all. The line I'm the most shocked about. Ah. The Vikings, uh, the Packers at Vikings line continues to rise. Right now, the Vikings are minus five and a half against the Packers. You're not feeling it? Uh, I actually think the Vikings are going to win. I just didn't think the public would have it where, I mean, the home field is about three points. They're saying on a neutral field, the Vikings are two and a half points better without Dalvin Cook likely. Well, well, well. Jeremy, all that sounds great. But let's listen to the expert on these picks. The guy who's plus 1,100 through 14 weeks. Who, if he didn't go $500 on the Texans versus the Ravens, would probably be up $100 per week right now. Right now, we're a little over $75 per week 
to the average listener. So, you know, let's, let's, let's give them some, some, some solid sound advice. So let's go through last weekend, uh, obviously four and one, uh, you know, just, just to chip off the old normal week. Um, the games I bet Texans, I told you they were going to win straight up versus the Titans. I clearly got that one. Um, I got the Patriots over the Bengals, which I told you guys was going to happen. I said that was one of my easiest bets. Took the Seahawks over the Panthers. It was five and a half. They won by six, although that should have been about 25. Uh, and they gave up all those late points, which is why I hate betting on the Seahawks because they always do that nonsense at the end of the game for backdoor covers. Uh, my only loss of the weekend was I had the Rams over the Cowboys, which I thought was a, a, a good bet, but obviously turned out not to be. Uh, and then the final game I had was the Bills versus the Steelers. Uh, Bills were getting points. I thought the Bills uh, would win the game straight up, and they did. So um, I feel much better about my uh, my season so far now based on last week. And this week, I feel even better about the picks than I had last, last week. So uh, let's start it off on a Saturday game. Texans are playing the Buccaneers. Texans are only three-point favorites. Here's why I love this game. One, Jameis, although he throws a ton of yards, he's going to give you at least two turnovers per game. That's basically his average on the season. So Texans will get the ball in prime position to score, and they're one of the best offensive teams in the red zone and one of the best uh, third-down teams in the NFL. Uh, I get that game versus Tampa Bay with Chris Godwin is likely out for the game as well as uh, Mike Evans is likely out for the game, which means they don't have a lot of receiving threats. All we have to do is really guard Bashad Perriman, who was a bust in uh, in Baltimore, and all of a sudden has kind of had a little bit of a resurrection. Um, so I expect the Texans to be able to not only cover the three points, but I expect them to win by uh, probably around 10 to 14 points. Next, uh, this is a game I feel very, very confident in. Um, I get the Baltimore Ravens minus 10 points versus the Browns. Now, everybody, I know the Browns blew them out the first time. That's more of an incentive that the Ravens are going to try to go out there and run the score up and beat them down. And right now, the way Lamar Jackson's playing, uh, I'm not taking any any uh, chances on anybody outside of the Ravens. I, I thought last week was a ton of points, and they still covered versus the Jets. So I'm going to take the Ravens to cover the 10 points. I'm going to say they win by somewhere around 17 to 21 points, and the Browns players are over there asking the uh, Ravens players to come get them. Uh, next, this is another Saturday game. I got the Buffalo Bills plus six and a half versus New England. I agree with you on that one, Jeremy. I think reality is New England struggled significantly with the Bengals, and if it wasn't for five turnovers from the Bengals and a couple pick sixes, I don't think that game – I mean, they couldn't really move the ball or score on the on the Bengals defense. And what are you going to do versus the Bills who have the ability to constantly pressure you on both sides, whether it be in their cornerbacks can, can, can intercept the ball and their defensive line has a, a stout uh, pass rush. And they can they can nail Josh Allen's playing a lot better, and they can run the ball. So I expect that game to be a very close game. I would actually probably pick the Bills to win by three. But definitely, if I get six and a half points, I am taking that. Next game, and I feel really confident in this one. Uh, Jeremy brought this one up. Saints, right now, uh, Jeremy, you said two and a half. I, there's some places you can get it at two. We'll just say it two and a half just to make it that, that, that consistent. So I will take the Saints. Uh, it's minus two and a half versus the Titans. Uh, first off, I think the Texans are going to win on Saturday, which is going to put the Titans. Uh, that'll clinch the the AFC South. Mean make that game a lot less meaningful. And uh, I think once that happens, I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown, and they're going to get blown out by the Saints. Uh, and the last game, Jeremy, you brought this one up, and I feel 
even more confident in this one. I get the Packers going versus the Vikings without Dalvin Cook, which means a, a more reliant on Kirk Cousins game. And I get five and a half points with Aaron Rodgers, so I get the better quarterback of the two. Uh, although Kirk Cousins has probably had a better season this year, but I get the better quarterback of the two. I get a healthier roster, and their their team revolves around running the ball with Dalvin Cook. So I get them without Dalvin. I'm going to take the Packers plus five and a half points. Book it. So the games: Texans over the Buccaneers minus three. Uh, I got the Bills covering the six and a half versus the Patriots. I got the Saints minus two and a half versus the Titans. I got the Ravens minus 10 versus the Browns. And the final game is I got the Packers being able to at least cover the five and a half points versus the Vikings. But I would actually take them straight up to win the game. Book it. All right, fellas. Well, obviously, Jeremy's up uh, pretty big, uh, 1,100 for the season. And he's been killing it uh, on um, on his uh, outside bets, too. So, um good stuff man i know jared's jared's been killing it too you guys are both winning a lot of money if you guys are listening you should probably i'm telling you this not joking you should probably listen to these guys and what they're telling you to pick because i would say they're probably hitting on 60 to 65 70 percent on, on everything they're they're pretty much picking so um yeah so so i would i would recommend you guys really listening but uh that's all we got for today make sure you guys follow us on instagram our uh our handle if you want to call it is amibros underscore podcast make sure you share us we appreciate that um and tell your friends about us and uh we thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you guys next week have a great week have a great weekend we out